The world around us is deceptive, selfish, angry, and foolish. These cannot be the patterns we live by today. Rather, we must renew the way we think, and in doing so, we will discover God's will for us in the present. Join us today as we continue our series, Love Reigns. Life has its ups and downs. Life can be fun. Life is sometimes hectic. And life is full of choices. Welcome to Venture, the podcast that brings the biblical truth to the ventures that we face in this world and live in today. Hey everybody, welcome back to another Venture Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Wills, lead pastor at Venture Church in Bellevue, Nebraska. And as always, so thankful that you have decided to take time out of your schedule and be a part of our podcast. Uh, So if you are just joining us, uh, we are in the middle of a sermon series called Love Reigns. And we began this series on Easter And we discovered that though Jesus was mocked by being called King of the Jews, the clearest proof of his authority was not in avoiding the cross, but in defeating the cross and resurrecting from the dead. Uh, Last week, uh, we uh, we were encouraged to know that when we are united with Christ through faith in him, we become a new creation. Our, Our past no longer defines us. Uh, It is the love of God that caused Jesus to endure the cross, and it is the love of God that forgives us of our past. Love reigns in our lives. And so today in our series, as we continue it, we'll be taking a look at how love reigns over our present. Because of God's great mercy, we can live lives that honor him. And so we are just thankful that God has placed you where you are today at this moment in time. And we're hoping that through this message, he'll give you a reason or purpose of why he has you uh, where you are listening to this. So um, do you guys remember, maybe you, maybe you never played this, but when you were kids, uh, we used to play a game called Simon Says, right? Uh, I'm sure most of you know what that game is, but some of you may not. So what Simon Says is basically you have a person that stands up in front of a group, and that person that stands up in front of a group is named Simon for this game. And Simon will give instructions, right, and tell people to say, and he'll say things like, Simon Says do this or do that, right? And it might be like, okay, Simon says do 10 jumping jacks, and everybody does 10 jumping jacks, right? And then every once in a while, that Simon character will just throw in a random instruction and they'll say, you know, do do uh, 10 push-ups, and without saying Simon says, and if the person starts doing it, that person is out of the game. And the game goes on until there's one person left, and then they become Simon, okay? But here's here's the deal. Simon says was a test of your willingness to listen to instruction or to decide to ignore ignore it altogether, right? And, And life can be a test because we all have been given a will of our own, and this will consists of our own desires and convictions. And so as we live day to day, we make thousands of decisions. We are constantly having to weigh out options and choose what we think is best. And sometimes our decisions are influenced by the things that we are told to do. And we even find ourselves being obedient to voices around us that do not have our best interest in mind. However, 
God's love for us gives us another option, and that is to listen for his voice in order to make the best decision possible right now, today. In other words, the present, okay? Which leads to today's topic. And the question that we're going to ask today is this, is how does love reign over our present? Okay. And to help us answer this question for ourselves, we need to understand a few things today. And so the first point I want to, to make is, is this, that my choices reveal who reigns in my life, right? The choices that I'm, the choices that I make reveal who reigns in my life. The things we choose to do or not do show who we are listening to. Our lives are largely made up from the decisions we make, and that can be a painful litmus test to, to whom or what has our allegiance. Our past is a collection of wise or unwise choices that we made along the way. If we look back on those past decisions, who would we conclude was in charge? How many of those past decisions were a result of obedience to God? And how many of those choices were a result of obedience to our sinful desires or the voice of, of this world? The Apostle Paul has a lot to say about living lives under the influence of God, rather the influence of the world. He frequently focuses on this topic because as followers of Christ and people who have responded to the love of God, that love ought to reign in our lives and rule over our decisions. But often that is not the case case, right? So, so let's look at our scripture for the day. It's Romans 12, verse, starting with verse 1, okay? Romans 12, verse 1. I'm going to be reading from the NIV again today. It says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Let's pause there. Because Paul begins by saying that every instruction that he is about to give must be seen through a specific lens. In order to fully grasp this new way of living in the present, we have to see all of life in a certain way. His comments cannot be appreciated in any other way. It's kind of like this. How many of you guys uh, have been on a trip and, and stopped and looked at one of those overlooked sites or been to a tourist attraction and seen one of those giant metal binoculars? You guys know what I'm talking about? It's basically a small pair of binoculars surrounded by this big chunk of metal, right? That you can sometimes have to pay to use them, or they're just free. They're just sitting there, right? Most of you kind of know what I'm talking about. But but if you can look through them to get a better view, right? And it was amazing is if you look through them, through this lens, you could bring up close to whatever the overlook scene was, right? It, it changed everything. And all because of changing the point of view. This is Paul's goal in this passage as well. He, he wants to change the way you see your life. He wants to, you know, reorganize the way you see your present situation. And so he says, in view of God's mercy. This is the lens, God's mercy. Just this one thing could change your life. How many of us walk around grumbling and complaining over our present circumstances, Right? In fact, I just caught myself the other the other day. I was getting uh, some breakfast um, at a Panera, and they didn't have any breakfast sandwiches because they're short on staff or whatever they're you know whatever they were saying. But anyway, I couldn't get the sandwich I want, and I left grumbling and mumbling to myself. Right, right. We often are not satisfied with the things in our life, and so we try to do things on our own. Right. 
we try to be in control and do things to please ourselves, right? And so um, Paul invites us to see things differently through the lens of mercy. God has been so merciful to you and to me. He sent his one and only son to die on a cross because of his mercy. He has offered us a fresh start to repentance because of mercy. He loves us unconditionally because of mercy. This alone can change our present by helping us to move our focus from what we have done, what, uh, what we want to have done for us to the things that God has already done, right? To be happy what God has already placed in our lives. When we turn our attention to the mercy of God, then we are compelled to live our lives as living sacrifices that are holy and pleasing to God. And this concept of sacrifice is rich with imagery and history for for the audience that Paul is speaking to. Because you see, a sacrifice involved taking the life of an animal, whether a goat, sheep, bird, etc., right? And the animal's blood would atone for the sins of the people. And I think most of us understand and grasp that, right? And so that life would cover the life of the one performing the sacrifice. It involved death, and then it offered life. And this is why Jesus' death was considered the ultimate sacrifice for all humanity. So why is Paul using this imagery for us? And why a living sacrifice? And I think we get a glimpse of the meaning in Psalm 51, 16 through 17, where it says, You do not delight in sacrifice, or I would bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart you, God, will not despise. The author of Psalm 51 is shedding light on the real reason for the sacrificial system that the Jews had in place back in this time. It was not about the sacrifice itself. It was about the heart behind the sacrifice. The true sacrifice of a follower of Jesus is a contrite heart, and an obedient spirit. That is what God is looking for now since Jesus has paid it all by his blood on the cross. Paul calls us to be living sacrifices. That is actually more difficult than being a dead one. A dead sacrifice does not have a choice in the matter. Once it's dead, it stays on the altar, right? But a living sacrifice can crawl back off whenever it wants to. Paul says in view of God's mercy to live as a living sacrifice is to live a life right now in the present under the rule and reign of love and be repentant and obedient to God. Paul goes on in the passage from Romans to give us the ultimate outcome of living uh, the sacrificial life. Let's, let's read that. It's verse 2 in Romans 12. It says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. The world around us has patterns that lead to a broken life. The world is marked by patterns of greed, selfishness, pride, envy, gossip, and the list goes on and on, right? These patterns are easily, are super easy to fall into and can be difficult to transform because they're called patterns for a reason. They are basically a routine and often done mindlessly, right? When we get stuck in a routine, we'll just do it without thinking, right? But this is one of those big buts. They can also be identified and changed. Okay. Which leads me to my second point on how does love reign over our present? Here's what it is. Changing your patterns will change your life. 
Changing those patterns will change your life. With a little attention, patterns can be easily identified. It is a skill that we have been learning from childhood. Okay, I'm going to give you an illustration. Okay, you guys have seen them since grade school, right? You'll have those patterns, right? Where you'll have to tell us, tell them what the next, you know, shape and color is, or just the next color or the next shape, right? They'll do a pattern. So for example, you might have yellow circle, green triangle, yellow circle, green triangle, yellow circle, and what's next? Green triangle, right? You can tell that by the, the pattern. Okay, so give me another one, okay? Blue triangle, yellow square. Blue triangle, yellow square. Blue triangle, what's next? Yellow square, right? Those were easy, right? How many of you guys remember doing these in grade school, right? It's like God has been preparing us our whole lives, right? It really is. So once you know the pattern, what happens next should become obvious to us, right? The same can be true in our lives as well. If we pay attention to our patterns, we can begin to anticipate or understand what comes next. And then we change them, right? To identify patterns, sometimes we have to change our perspective. And perhaps this is the reason that Paul tells us to see life in view of God's mercy. When we understand, God, when we understand God's love and mercy for us, we, we find the reason to transform our lives and renew our minds. So, Maybe you've developed a pattern of talking down to yourself whenever you make a mistake, right? And it always leads to feeling depressed and anxious or whatever. Break that pattern. Do not conform to it any longer, right? Maybe you notice the pattern of telling lies to people around you, and it always leads to more lies and a deceptive lifestyle. Do not conform to it any longer. Maybe you have seen a pattern of laziness in your life. It has produced a spirit of apathy towards your work, your family, your spiritual life, your dreams, whatever, right? So in view of God's mercy, do not continue that pattern. Break it and experience that new life. At this point, you might be saying, well, you know, Pastor Dan, that's great and all, but we got one of those big butts for you. It, it's easier said than done, right? And I get it. I really do. I get it. And so this brings us to our third point on how to lo love reign over our present, okay? You have to do this. You have to do this. There's no other way around it. You have to do this. Trade your will for God's will. That's it. Trade your will for God's will. The ultimate outcome of a sacrificial life and a renewed mind is the ability to distinguish the will of God for your present life. How many of you listening today have struggled wondering what decision to make today about this thing or that thing, right? Many of us want to do what God wants us to do when it comes to our career in serving others, loving our family, and just investing our energy and resources, right? And Paul says that the best way to the will of God is by trading our own will in and creating better patterns for our lives. So what if you were to trade in the time and energy that you used to spend on the old patterns in your life and create a new patterns with better outcomes. What would happen? Think about that. If we took all that energy and, and, and the time that we have spent on the old ways and created new ways, what would that look like? Under the reign of love and mercy in your life, what if we spent more time in prayer, 
read more scriptures, served others, and listened to the voice of God. God promises to lead us and show us his will for our lives when we submit to his leadership in our lives. The book of Proverbs speaks to this truth as well. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. When we trust in the Lord and question our understanding, we will begin to see the straight paths God has laid before us. This trust that the author speaks of is a trust that God's love is always seeking the best for us. We can rely on that love and obey God because of it. I want to share something with you, uh, you know, and you could probably relate to this, but being a parent has not always been fun in games, right? You know this, especially as if you have teenagers, right? And I certainly enjoy my kids, love my kids, I love my grandkids, but there has been a fair struggle, uh, a share of struggles is what I want to say, and difficulties along the way, right? My kids have a will of their own, right? They do, especially teenagers, right? They're, well, I'm just going to do it my way, right? And often that will and desire are in direct conflict with my will and desire for them, right? The most difficult thing to teach them is this, that they can trust me because I love them. When I say no to something or instruct them in some way or even have to punish them, I am doing it all because I love them and I want what is best for them, right? Trust is a hard thing to teach and even a harder thing to learn. But if we are going to live the full life God has for us, we must trust his love for us and let that love reign in our lives and over our present. So here's what I'm asking you to do today as we wrap up today's uh, uh, talk. I want you guys to pray. I want you guys to pray in a specific way. I'm going to invite you to pray, pray in a way that you are going to offer up to God the old patterns that you have noticed in your life, okay? And, and they could be good and they could be bad, right? Okay? Uh, patterns are just patterns. And so um, bad ones, we kind of know, understand those. Maybe we're, maybe we're in some of those things we talked about. Maybe we, we get in these habits of uh, talking down about ourselves or, or, or we're lying or we're lazy or whatever it might be, right? And we know we got to change that, right? And so those are the bad patterns I want to change. But what about the good ones, right? What about good things? And, and, and you're like, well, pastor, why would I change good things? Well, because we can always make better things, right? Right. So just because you read the scripture today doesn't does that mean that's a good thing. Right. But what if we read more? You know, maybe you pray before you go to bed every night and it's the same simple prayer. What if you change that up and really spoke to God? Took five minutes, maybe 10 minutes or more. And we started praying to God. You see where I'm going with this? I invite you to change the old patterns that you've noticed in your life. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to receive better patterns into your life and trust God's love to lead you forward. That's what I want you to pray for today. That's what my hope is for you today, that we can learn to trust God's love and let him lead our life. This concludes another episode of Venture Podcast. We hope you are enjoying it, and we hope you'll be back next week as we conclude our series on Love Rates. We'll talk to you soon. 
If you'd like to know more about Venture Podcast and Venture Ministries, or you'd like to help support us financially, please visit us at VentureChurch.ch.